how powerful self-awareness and the observer effect can be, it's not an easy path because it can take you to really be judgmental uh, of yourself and too much self-awareness is where I felt stuck in. Using self-awareness in a very kind, gentle way, yet detached from this identity a little bit too. I think the bridge show is bridging previous shows as well. I'm Lita Sportel, licensed psychotherapist and functional health practitioner, and I'm here to share with you mind, body, spirit, inspirations, practical steps, and life-changing tools to help you break free. So you don't have to spend the amount of time, money, and effort that I did to save my own life and to create the life that I always dreamed of. It was a couple of decades ago that the doctors told me I had three to six months to live. And yes, it took a terminal cancer diagnosis for me to wake up to the miracles that are really possible. I not only healed myself and broke free from what was holding me back, but I also found my place in the world, my calling, my purpose. I created the whole Wellness Method show and podcast to share with you the tips, tools, and topics that can help you do the same. If you're a sensitive soul, empath, introvert, healer, coach, people pleaser, or perfectionist who's looking to break free and heal, define your vision and create your purpose so that you can inspire others while making money, then you're in the right place. Let's get started. Just talking about self-awareness and how self-awareness is the key to unlocking the life that we've been dreaming of and how powerful self-awareness and the observer effect can be to help us unlock our dream life. And I've been practicing that without really knowing exactly what I've been doing the last whatever couple of decades, but it's a process of awareness of looking at life and and what's happening and not just life but really the internal life Mm -hmm. and um it's not an easy path because it can take you to really be judgmental uh, of yourself and too much self-awareness is where I felt stuck in but I know that for a lot of people it's like how what is self-awareness what what is what does it exactly look like and how do I not take it to the level where it's I'm beating myself up because of the emotions I have, because of the thoughts I have, because of who I am, because of my behaviors, because of my habits, because of all the things I'm seeing about myself. So something we can talk about. What do you think, Gilly? Oh, you know, just a little light conversation <laughs> and a little light reading on the side. <laughs> These are some big topics and yes, self-awareness can definitely lead to shame and blame, Mm. but generally that shame and that blame is an old dialogue running in your mind, Mm -hmm. an old voice keeping you in that smallness of this is how you're identifying right now. And this is where it's safe to be, even though it doesn't feel good. And we know it's not really safe to be, but our ego mind says this is where safety is because we know this. 
we already know we've done this before, right? So let's just keep keeping ourselves small, shaming ourselves. So we don't try to reach for a heightened state of awareness where we're actually above the thinking mind. Yes. Right. And we're in the higher perspective, the soul self mind, Mm -hmm. which really, they aren't two separate entities, physically speaking, but they're completely different in the way they look and, and perceive things. Exactly. Perfectly said and leading us perfectly into our conversation of using self-awareness in a very kind, gentle way, yet detached from this identity a little bit too, right? So it does take what you said to go a bit above certain identifications with the 3D self and becoming more of that observer. So Shall we dive into Dr. Joe's quote for today? Yes, absolutely. I have also posted it above this video so you guys can follow along with me. Some people just like to read, like I like to read and listen at the same time. So I maybe that can be helpful for some people. So it's the quote that I put under Dr. Joe Dispenza. So it's the second one, I think I put, or maybe the third, I can't remember. So he says, When you learn how to sharpen your skills of observation to intentionally affect your destiny, you are well on your way toward living the ideal version of your life by becoming the idealized version of yourself. So a couple key words here, sharpen your skills of observation, that observer effect that we wanna elaborate on today, to intentionally affect your destiny, being being very conscious in creating your reality would be a paraphrasing of that. Then you're well on your way toward living the ideal version of your life. By becoming, by you become, the idealized version of yourself. I love Dr. Joe's work so much because he brings us back to the cause to change the effect. The law of cause and effect from universal law's perspective, from the higher realm, not from the Newtonian, how this world works level, but from the quantum level, cause is always our thoughts. Cause is always where our thinking is coming from, where we're coming from, uh, it's us. The effect is what we see. That's a very hard one to, mm-hmm. in, in a lot of mind training, to, to believe that, to feel into that, to practice that. But that's what he's talking about. And then when we do that, you start becoming your idealized version and then your life starts, starts becoming the ideal life that you've been wanting what's coming up for you i can see your your Uh, listening intently um what's coming up for me is i keep thinking about the rewiring of the brain Mm -hmm. and how that sounds so mysterious and like need a surgical tool to do it um (laughs) right well we need like a metaphorical surgical tool to do it and that tool is what we've been talking about here awareness in observation because we don't know where our focus is unless we actually pay attention 
to where our focus is. And how can we tell where our focus is? Well, usually our bodies, what we're Mm -hmm. feeling in our bodies can be a huge indicator as to what thoughts we're carrying in that moment. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about tension in the shoulders, stiffness in the neck, feeling in the stomach that doesn't feel good, um, probably a little tight, shortness of breath. Those are usually for who has a very active mind and it's hard to really say, oh, I'm thinking about something that's causing me to feel this way. Sometimes it's easier to say, oh, I'm having tightness in my shoulders Mm -hmm. and my stomach is feeling woozy and "Hmm, I'm not breathing so good. What am I thinking about? Oh gosh, I've been thinking about this all day. I didn't even realize I was thinking about this. Yes. Right. And then we can reroute. Mm-hmm. Reroute unless we already unless we know that we're going to the wrong destination. Exactly. So that's what was coming up for me when you were talking. <laughs> yeah, and I love that you bring these concepts into how you can actually feel them into your body and how you can actually translate what we just read into, but how do I know? Or how can I tell what's really going on? So I love that you brought in the body and how the body feels or the emotions, Mm -hmm. um, how my heart is feeling. I know for some people, that's a hard one. They're not very in touch with how they're feeling. So going into how they're feeling is not gonna be an easy place to start. Maybe they can identify what they're thinking and the worry thoughts and the sad thoughts and whatever thoughts or angry thoughts or upset thoughts. But like you said, how my body feels like the tension, that could be something where we can more easily start with, right? Because it's like my tense, but that's another one where sometimes like, do I even know if I'm tense? Yeah. Right. Have I ever not been tense to realize that I'm tense? (laughs) Or it's been maybe when I was a little one and it's like I so, so true, Lita. And we're also different in this, right? Um, sometimes it takes journaling and just writing out everything that's bothering you and then drawing correlations. You know, there's many different methods to it, or physical movement and getting getting your body moving mm-hmm. to process what's going on. Yes. Um, right. There's a lot of different avenues to it, to yeah. awareness. Yes. Um but I, I don't want to go too far into that. Yes, um, no, there's many like avenues and, and that's the good thing that we have many avenues. But first let's let's start talking a little bit more and I would love to go into Beautiful like Cartoli's book because he has a really, I, I posted most of it uh, above this video um, about awakening. Mm. Talks about awakening. But in a way where we can use it similarly to awareness, to changing, to unlocking our dream life. So when you guys hear the word awakening, don't get confused. It can still be around our conversation. Or if you feel that awakening, whatever awakening means to you, Mm. right? To me, it has a a more spiritual element to it of what awakening means to me, but obviously I'm very influenced by Course Miracles and how it's been used there. But for each person, awakening could be differently understood and felt differently. So I don't want to impose my own definition of it because we're saying last week, right? How words can be 
just give meaning, uh, right? Give meaning or identify things um, and kind of keep it stuck in a box of what is possible with that one word or phrase. Yeah. yeah. So, okay, let's read what he says. An essential part of the awakening is the recognition of the unawakened you. The ego, as it thinks, speaks, and acts, as well as the recognition of the collectively conditioned mental processes that perpetuate the unawakened state. Don't you love how the wording is mm -hmm. so intricate yet clear yet complex yet? So we call it light reading. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I need to read it again. Let's, yes, please, please. An essential part of the awakening is the recognition of the unawakened you. The ego as it thinks, speaks, and acts, as well as the recognition of the collectively conditioned mental processes that perpetuate the unawakened state. Mm -hmm. So to me, it has two parts to it. Mm -hmm. One is for my own change and self-awareness and awakening again whatever awakening means to you for essential part for that to happen for for me and the world is that i recognize the unawakened part of me that is my ego recognize it as it thinks as it speaks as it acts but also collectively there is a state of ego there is the ego consciousness that collectively we have agreed upon and we are seeing it all around us. So it all starts with us, each one of us, each one little light in this world waking up to the fact that we are light, mm. but also understanding that there is an ego consciousness collectively with conditioned mental processes that perpetuate the unawakened state. So I love that he's bringing up both because it's not just you that you're listening. You're like, well, I just got to, this is just me. Mm -hmm. It's not. We all have that. So before I move on, anything that comes up here for you? Oh, um, probably a lot. Too much to even cover <laughs> right now. Uh, honestly, I'm thinking about my past. I'm thinking about my awakening. I'm thinking about so much as you're talking here. Mm -hmm. And just the societal influences that keep us within certain limitations and, and labels of um, who we are, how we're able to heal, how strong we are, how sensitive we are, how disempowered we are how we're mm -hmm. perceived right it's telling us how to perceive ourselves based on societal agreements of what is instead of us being in a place of power to identify who we are outside of that mm -hmm. and um that is part of the awakening process is identifying who you truly are without the influence of the external mm. I love what you shared and it makes me want to also ask people watching us live uh, wherever they're watching us on YouTube or whatever uh, or Facebook um, to share how how do you guys relate to this conversation what does awakening and change mean to you and that unawakened part of you that ego what does that 
stir up as as we're talking about this and as we're talking there will be more that i think people will that i think will be unlocked for us to talk about but also for people might they might have more questions or things that they want to share a quick word from our sponsor this episode is brought to you by the program Break Free Empaths, a 21-day online program created for empaths by empaths. This program was born from a collaboration of the minds and hearts of Gilly Henson and myself, Lita Sportel. We each found ourselves at many points in our lives in the midst of struggle and confusion, living in a world that has long mislabeled empaths as being overly sensitive shy, or aloof people. It had become apparent that the labels once placed on us were outdated and actually not accurate. We both realized that the time had now come for compassion to rise up and to no longer see our intuitive abilities and sensitivities as a weakness, but as a much-needed strength in this world. This online course is designed to help sensitive, intuitive, compassionate souls like you break free from labels, emotions, and beliefs that no longer serve you, and bring unity to your gifts. We're bringing our combined experience, tools, and practical steps to empower empaths to show up as they are and who they are. Not sure if you are an empath? Take the free online quiz to find out if you are an empath and to what degree and to see if the program Break Free Empaths is your next step towards the brave new you. Now let's get back to the episode. So then he says that is why this book shows the many aspects of the ego. So that's a big part of this book is showing the many aspects of the ego and how they operate in the individual as well as in the collective. This is important for two related reasons. And this is the part I really like. The first is that unless you know the, ba the basic mechanisms behind the workings of the ego, you won't recognize it. And it will trick you into identifying with it again and again. I think that's an important statement that unless you kind of know the basic mechanics of this unawakened state, the ego, in other words, the part of us that's more asleep, if you will. Mm -hmm. If we don't have the basic, a basic understanding of the basic mechanics or the workings of it or how it thinks and perceives and everything that makes it, it, then it will be hard to recognize it. So back to the self-awareness, how do I become aware of the part of me that's no longer serves me, that the part of me that, you know, I want to shift out of, how do I, how do I do that if I don't first understand it and recognize it? Because it will trick you to identify with it again and again. And I feel like a lot of other paths skip that part a little bit and they take you quickly to the spiritual self or the positive thinking or the where we want to end up being. But there's a bypassing of really just 
looking at some of these things that might be uncomfortable to look at. Because mm -hmm. I'm having a day and I'm feeling all the separation feelings or feeling angry or feeling upset or feeling left out or feeling, you know, as an empath, feeling all the empath experiences or as an introvert, like we talk about a lot of that, just feeling like we don't fit in, feeling like comparing to others, feeling like something wrong with us. If I don't look at that and recognize that there's a part of my ego that's doing this, how will I shift out of it? Because it will trick me to identify with it again and again. And he says, this means it takes you over an imposter pretending to be you. Mm. Which is, again, another big theme of The Course in Miracles is that you, we have identified with the ego as being who we are. But it's an imposter pretending to be me. It's not me. I, I feel like pausing and having you share. Yeah, um, I was just waiting for like a Course of Miracles quote to come in right there. <laughs> I was like, I'm pretty sure it was coming. <laughs> um, yeah, the imposter and that word alone can have so many different meanings, really. Um, but how I see it is really it's what isn't really in resonance with your true self, the core of who you are. That's the imposter, the one who believes in the limitations who believes and has not even just the limitations in their, in their mind and in the framework of who they think they are and what's possible for them. But even if we go into the chemical portion of it, right? What's going on in the body, in our body, getting addicted to certain emotions, mm -hmm. right? And that's how we can continue in a state of um, not being awake because it feels so normal. And when we don't have it, our body wants it. It wants more of it. Mm -hmm. right to keep those things moving in our body those biochemical responsible responses moving and going and um it's like breaking any type of addiction in a way right our bodies say oh we we need this and we want this and we're saying wait i'm seeing a pattern i'm seeing how i'm showing up yeah and seeing how i'm contributing to this madness going on in my head and I'm seeing it expressed outwardly even yet I still feel like I need it <laughs> right and that can be kind of troublesome and discouraging at times but if we're aware like you said of the ego's mechanics we can simply and softly and kindly say to ourselves is this me mm -hmm. is this my true self is this ego talking right now is this the ego's need to be fulfilled in this moment right and sometimes that's really easy to do in the moment and other moments are triggering and it's harder to do and we have that you know point of uh, a reflection later on and that's okay too oh yeah right oh, yeah that's how it is mm -hmm. having any other expectations is the ego that exactly. makes us feel like we gotta be done with that already or be further along or not have this part of us so I love what you're sharing and I want to conclude his process here that says the second reason because so that there were two reasons that he's talking about uh, why it is important to look at that unawakened part of us so the, 
we just talked about the first reason. The second reason is that the act of recognition itself is one of the ways in which awakening happens. Mm -hmm. When you recognize the unconsciousness in you, that which makes the that which makes the recognition possible is the arising consciousness is awakening. You cannot fight against the ego and win, just as you cannot fight against darkness. The light of consciousness is all that is necessary. You are that light. That's very reassuring, right? For anyone who's questioning, do I even have that light within me? Is that just for others? Yeah. A select few, mm. right? The ones That's who have a been good point. deemed special or have special powers or have special connections that you just don't have yeah right or more money there. or more opportunities or more yeah. success or more health or more love whatever mm -hmm. i love that point my mind didn't go there but i love that you brought us there because you're speaking to what a lot of people are feeling and i love what he's saying also that just the fact of recognizing, oh, this is a part of my ego. This is the unawakened me that I'm observing right now at play as I get mad, as I'm being triggered, as I'm feeling the empath stuff that we're saying or the introvert stuff or whatever, as this is happening in action and you recognize that unconsciousness in you, that alone is awakening, he's saying. Which is what I was saying in the beginning, that self-awareness is the key to unlocking your dream life. Because if you use self-awareness in a way to say, to shame yourself, to say, I can't believe I am this way. Mm -hmm. Then that's not awakening. But if you really recognize, oh, this whole part of me and the way I'm feeling or the things in the world that are triggering me, or the fact that I'm having a bad day today and I just feel off today. Just the, the recognizing it without judging yourself with gentleness is how I say all the time to my clients mm -hmm. and coaching, as you know, that gentleness, that is the process of awakening. If you can be the observer with gentleness, and I know you've been practicing that, Gilly, and I've been practicing that. And it's it's a big shift from analyzing ourselves and being too aware and beating ourselves up for how we are to what he's talking about is that recognizing that is, I am not that yet at the moment, I really feel like I am right. that. Yes. And I feel like that even goes back to our very first bridge show when we're talking about identifying with emotions mm -hmm. and or detaching from the emotion and just simply seeing as this is inside of me or I'm experiencing this inside of me right now. Yes. Right. Because it gives us that spaciousness to be that observer. Yes. Right. I have a feeling almost every conversation is going to lead back to that. I think so. <laughs> that. I think the bridge show is is bridging previous shows as well. Excellent. Here we go. A lot of bridges. <laughs> wow. 
Was this episode good or what? I really hope you have enjoyed it and I hope that it gave you what you were looking for. I really enjoy having these conversations and sharing them with you, so I hope you do too. All the links mentioned inside the episode, you can find them in the show notes, so go and check those out. And also, please subscribe to the whole Wellness Method show if you haven't done so already. That way, you can get notifications for all new episodes and some bonus episodes that I will be adding down the line. I can't wait to see you next time.